The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mark Thompson. Get woke. Someone we really don't talk to enough. I was saying to someone the other day, I, you know, I hope you all enjoy what we do. I think we make a great team. We tried to convince some others of that. And, uh, <laughs> but the person I was talking to yesterday saying we make a great team, said, yeah, I agree. I said, well, you should call some other people so they can understand that. But his, his newsletter is doing great and thankful his is because there's some others that are a little more troubling uh like i think glenn is doing one and some other people and but we glad we we're glad we have eric glenn greenwald we're glad we have eric bowler to balance some of that and so people can really hear about what's going on out here uh pressrun.media all right please subscribe very important that you do so our dear friend eric bowler is with us how are you buddy good 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 to be here all right glad to have you so uh, a lot to cover and your latest on Limbaugh, I want to get to that, but yeah. I was just chatting off mic with Eric about his piece on uh, Maggie Haberman. And he was saying that, you know, how popular that, that piece is. Um, it, it, she's kind of become, um, I guess, the poster person for false equivalency and covering Trump and all of that, H- hasn't she? Yeah, the piece I did was um, really looking at her access, and and I and my my point was, you know, she was toasted as literally, you know, for her Trump work. She obviously did some good Trump work. Times was blessed with really good access. Uh, I think a lot of it came from Ivanka and Jared, and from Donald himself, who I have no doubt talked directly to Maggie Haberman on the record and off, also off the record. Right. Uh, so uh, it was kind of a weird relationship the Times had with Trump. I think they both used each other to their benefit. Uh, Haberman has talked in the past how Trump was obsessed with New York Times, going back to his yeah. time in New York City. I was desperate for the paper's approval and talked to her more than he would have talked to any other newspaper. He also attacked her and attacked the New York Times and the liberal media, and they're out to get me, and they're enemies of the state. So he had a weird relationship the Times had a weird relationship because, you know, he he drove their subscription rates through the roof. They marketed themselves. There was a whole documentary series, I think, on Showtime 
you know, they marketed themselves as leading the resistance and standing up to Trump. Right. But as you and I both know, that that's a hollow, that's a hollow boast. You know, they tiptoed up to this line and refused to call him a liar, refused to call him a racist, refused to call him a sociopath. But anyway, so Maggie Haberman was blessed with a lot of access to Trump and to the White House, New York Times, Elle magazine, you know, Politico. They all said she was the greatest supporter of her generation and the Times itself described her as having the, you know, an unprecedented run in American journalism, her, her coverage of Trump. And so my question was, well, if she's all if she's so plugged in and she is she has all these great sources, then why isn't she producing all these exclusive under Biden? Why we're we're the conveyor belts of of uh, exclusives and scoops and and I asked, you know, did every one of her sources leave town with Trump? And just how important was access to her to her success and the time's success. And I think it was basically 100%. You know, after he left, the Times announced that Haberman was going to cover, continue to cover politics and continue to cover Trump. The problem is she's covering someone who nobody really cares about anymore. I mean, he's basically in seclusion down in Florida and he's releasing these gibberish statements that carry no weight. So that part of her beat uh, doesn't really exist anymore. And I don't think she's published two significant stories about the Biden administration because the Biden administration has cut off the leaks. There is no uh, drama in the White House anymore. There, are, there is no circus atmosphere. There are no fights spilling out in public between the factions and the aides. It's a very traditional Obama-type White House. And so suddenly all that access is gone and suddenly Maggie Haberman is on the outs and is on the outside looking in and again to me it just kind of confirms that you know her success and a lot of the times the success was all about this access that she that they were given by the Trump White House and what the times did in exchange for that access what we've talked about many times right right, right. yeah we have talked about that many times but but now that I hear you put it in the way you're putting it Eric you know, I, I think now it, it begs the question as to how valuable access really is and how much you should rely upon it. Because if the goal is to produce even news stories from a business point of view and you can't do that and you have feasted upon only that which gives you access, like you say, what are you left with? <laughs> you know, and, and you've cultivated an audience, and when I say you, I mean, of course, New York Times, you, there's, yeah. there's, you've cultivated an audience that um, has thrived upon what you put out there, and now you don't have anything to put out there. So to me, I mean, if when when you and I went to journalism school, I don't remember there being a course on access. I guess that's what I'm saying. I, I missed that. Did, you missed that class too, didn't you? Right, I didn't. Right, right. <laughs> my son, my, my 18-year-old son, who's a freshman, ladies and gentlemen, received at his university on uh, Jackie Robinson Day, two awards in his in the mass communications academic department, an award for outstanding freshmen and an award for overall excellence in radio. OK, and 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 I'll be honest with you, Eric, I didn't teach him radio. He must have been watching me. I taught him baseball. He's there playing baseball. I taught him. Baseball. Oh, good for him. So I didn't really teach him radio. But so but he there was not a class in there for outstanding performance in access right 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 so you know the point i'm making is uh, you know you kind of you you live you live by that 
rule and and i guess you can die by it as as well there's nothing else for her to write about or talk about i i, I mean biden's doing some stuff right but i guess if we don't have access and we can't scandalize it some kind of way which to me is even impressive because right. you know, people are digging the fact that people have been digging 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 and can't find anything on biden i don't know how many of us could say the same that's <laughs> true. Right? I, mean, I mean, maybe even two of us, they start digging and we don't want to invite you all to do it. But I'm saying it, to me, that's incredible. So when you live and live by access, yes. you live by scandal and drama, you die by it. You really do. And, and so what, what the Times was doing with that access um, was normalizing. Right. Yeah. That's how that's how they normalize Trump. I pointed out, I asked, you know, Haberman was given, a, you know, a, a sit down with Trump in 2019. Uh, and I asked, you know, if the Trump, if the New York Times had producing, had been publishing Trump lies headline for three years, do you think she would have gotten special access to Trump? If she had been interviewing mental health experts for years about what it's like to have a pathological liar in the white, what are the ramifications for our country? You know, do you think she would have been receiving special access? And of course, the, the answer is no. So, uh, the Times led this uh, kind of unfortunate push to normalize Trump, particularly during the first three years. Uh, and, and and I think a lot of that was driven by access. And again, you know, if she's going to be touted as this, you know, the greatest reporter since Woodward and Bernstein, then why can't she, why hasn't she produced anything under the Biden years? It's because yeah, yeah. the circus left town and, and she had access to the circus and, and she's not alone. I mean, right, the, right. Belt, the Beltway Press, I think, is getting a little cranky uh, about the complete lack of leaks, the complete lack of drama, the complete lack of infighting. Uh, and and they're, they're kind of scratching around. They don't want to go back to the Obama years where, you know, basically their job is to cover policy and cover legislation. And because that's not fun. <laughs> no, no. And you don't get book deals out of that. More MIP after this message. So, so, so what do you what predict they're going to do? What do you what predict do you do? that Maggie Haberman will do? And, and the New York Times, since the service are left now, what, what can they do with that? The, uh, the, I, I don't think they really have much choice. The Biden White House, the Biden administration is very disciplined. You know, look, they're staffed by professionals. Trump brought in a bunch of yahoos and a bunch of jokers and a bunch of nut jobs. I mean, just look at, you know, his COVID advisor, at, you know, Dr. Atlas, you know, at the end, I mean, he was bringing in total nut jobs. And, and so that produced all this drama and all this scandal. And Trump, Trump was doing these ridiculous COVID pandemic briefings where he lied nonstop. All that's gone. All of it's gone. All of it's been unplugged. You know, the press knew that was going to happen. They've been kind of bracing for it. I think the reality is even more disturbing for them than they thought. Yeah. Uh, There's no way that was going to become the new normal. And if you watch, you know, the, if you watch the daily press briefings at the White House, the reporters are really kind of, you know, stretching and scrambling on some days to really come up with any kind of conflict. You know, why is Joe Biden flying to Delaware? <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. As if that would be a problem during the pandemic on Air Force One, things like that. And it looks like it's become sport to Jen Psaki, like she's ready for it every day. Like that's probably what some of the prep is. We know they're going to do something crazy. Let's, it's almost like a video game. Uh, and she's swatting down <laughs> all of the foolishness, and and she's so she's so you know, good. Yeah, and, and and they can't even scandalize her. Remember when they could scandalize uh, Sarah Huckabee, right. 
right, right. some of those other characters because they would became caricatures unto themselves. Right. You can't do anything with Jen. You just can't. B Biden is just a regular dude. She's just a regular. I mean, you can't do anything. Yeah, but, and, 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 the, and, the, and the beauty for her is unlike Huckabee and the others, you know, her boss isn't a pathological liar. Right. So she's, not <laughs> she's not constantly up there scrambling, trying to figure out what he just said on Twitter, covering up these obvious lies. And yeah, I, I, Saki is, is just absolute godsend for Biden. I think he's, she's the perfect voice for his era. You know, I wrote about her last week and, I, you know, I kind of mentioned her third grader teacher head tilt that she kind of gives when she gets a particularly dopey question. You know, she doesn't pick a fight, but she has this sense of, you know, she, she will patiently listen to the bet, the dumb question. But then also there's a sense of really, really, you want to talk about this. And then, you know, she patience, she patiently walks them through the answer. Everyone leaves happy, uh, but everyone understands that she's really not going to put up with any nonsense today. I used I to used imagine to whether or not I could do that job. Oh, gosh. And and, and now I know, yeah, I, can, I know I can because it would be really. Oh, yeah. You better watch it, though, because we'd be getting down. I'd go in there like, yo, what's up? What's yeah, I know, up? right? going to do today? Let's get up. And then I'd even throw back. Right at them, they'd fire me on the first day because I'd be like, Well, let's yeah. talk about your baggage. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would get real personal. Um, but you've got two new reasons why Fox should not be in the White House press corps, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and, uh, speaking of Saki, I mean, she patiently deals with the Fox News questions, and right. uh, and I think it brandishes the Biden White House image of reaching out to the other side, not being afraid of Fox News. Right. dealing with them in a kind of a dry professional way. Uh, so I, I think that helps them. But I, I argued right after the election that, you know, Fox News should not be in that briefing room. And two recent examples to me just confirmed that, which was they this Matt Gates story. They had ignored it for days on end. So, I, you know, I went back and I did a check, you know, over a week, MSNBC and CNN mentioned him, you know, the sex trafficking scandal 400 plus times. Fox News mentioned it 40 times. I mean, they, you, it's not a coincidence. That is clearly a top-down edict that was, do not touch this story. It's embarrassing to the Republican Party. It's embarrassing to us because we turned that guy into a star. He was on Hannity, I think, 115 times in one year. So not only won't Fox News defend him, uh, they just gaslight it. it as, or as I say, gas torture. I mean, you know, it just does not exist. That's not obviously no no news organization in America would ignore the biggest political scandal of the year just because it's got an R next to it. And then the, you know the Tucker Carlson doing his replace his white supremacy replacement theory, saying Democrats their political strategy is to apparently bring in tens of millions of migrants and have them somehow overnight become eligible to vote, and they will replace white America by voting out uh, Republicans. This is just, this is straight out of, you know, it's modern day KKK rhetoric. Uh, is, and he, of course, has tripled down on it because any controversy that comes along, he embraces it. Fox, just a quick note, Fox News really no longer has to worry about advertising boycotts. You know, Tucker used to run into that problem, but Fox News gets most of its fees from the cable companies, right, uh, right? From you and me, Fox News has one of the highest carry rates. So Verizon, mm -hmm. CNN, Comcast—they all pay Fox News for the right to carry the network. So Tucker Carlson could run without advertising. Fox yeah. News would still be making money, 
Yeah. And he's he and both of them have realized that the last couple of years. So he no longer goes on these surprise vacations when he steps in it. That's what he used to do uh, when advertisers <laughs> would leave. He'd say something hateful and racist and awful. Advertisers would leave. He'd go on an unannounced vacation for a week. That doesn't happen anymore. He, he just goes on the next night and doubles and triples down. So that's what he's doing with his white supremacy rhetoric. Uh, so again, how, how could you possibly look at that and say Fox News deserves to be legitimized with White House press credentials? I understand the Biden White House doesn't want to have that fight and they've got a full plate, but it's it just it just delays the conversation we need to have about Fox News, which just gets more and more debasing and disgusting and, and hateful and racist. Yeah, yeah. They they and I mean talk about clinical projection. Yeah. You know, with, with what they've done in QAnon and the fascination with with so-called pedophilia on the democratic side and pizza parlors and kidnapping children. You've got the Matt Getz story. And then you've got, I did a, a story this week earlier, Ollie Breland, uh, Mother Jones had written a story, Eric, about how the HBO documentary on QAnon pretty much left out the, the current QAnon host's role in child pornography and uh. profiting from it at, at, at some point. I mean, that's the industry he's been in. So it's projection and they don't have anything to project, as we say, as we said on Joe Biden. Uh, So, so, you know, they're running out of well, they are projecting court packing now. Yeah. Biden is trying to court pack. He's trying to ruin the courts. They haven't been court packing. He's Uh, Hey, a quick a quick note on that. And and I wrote about this uh, when it came up um, November last year, this court packing. I'm happy to see. You know, Biden is talking about it. There's a commission. Democrats are pushing legislation. And I'm seeing headlines about expanding the court. So court packing was a really bad Republican talking point rhetoric. Four months ago, five months ago, all the mainstream press was using that court packing, court packing. And now I think they've seen the errors of their way. Uh, They're talking about expanding the court in headlines and things like that, which is good news. More MIP after this message. Yeah, no, that is good news and, and glad. And I was actually surprised from a political perspective that he actually did it and appointed the commission. I was like, whoa, you know, last week in, in a couple of days and in, in within 48 hours, he assigned pledged five point three billion dollars in gun violence prevention to organizations on the ground. Yeah. On Wednesday, then on a Friday, he's talking about expanding the Supreme Court. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't even know what to do with this. So. So, no, that's a, a great thing. Now, but so I'm glad they're doing expanding rather than packing the media. Yeah. That's a good observation. But they kind of botched the Johnson and Johnson story, didn't they? They did. Yeah. So, the, you know, this is the big, biggest COVID news in probably a month. It's, it's, it's really the first bout of bad vaccine news uh, since yeah. Biden took over. Uh, yeah. He has he took what was a national embarrassment and turned it into a model for the world in terms of the vaccine rollout. We're hitting four or five million shots a day. Uh, just extraordinary. Um, and so I think uh, the reason I point out it was bad news, I I, I think the press kind of liked that. I think the press was like, whoa, 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 here's some bad news. You know, the pause on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And I did a piece, you know, I, I, I linked to 10 headlines, every major news organization in America. Not one of them in the headline mentioned the pause was because of six cases. You know, and, and headlines are what matters. We've seen study after study, particularly on social media, that stories that get flown around, fly around, 60, 70% of the people don't click on it and read it. 
yes, if you clicked on it and read it, you would see 7 million shot J&J shots, six cases. If you didn't click on it, as most people don't, I think most readers would think or viewers would think there are hundreds, right. probably thousands of cases. Right. You know, just logically, well, if you don't know a lot about epidemiology and, and, and this sort of thing, you wouldn't think they would stop six, seven million shots for six blood clot cases if you, and deadly, obviously. Um, so you, logically, you think, well, there's probably a hundred or thousands or this is really bad. So it would have been such a simple fix, you know? Yes. You know, CDC urges a halt on J&J vaccine after six blood clot cases. Uh, but they left all that out. And, and I think that's really dangerous, A, during a public health crisis, and B, when the country is, fight, is fighting this hesitancy. Uh, and, and you're just going to add to the people who might be leaning against getting it. You're creating you know, the, this week-long story that, that you don't really have to create. But again, I, I don't know what the motivation was. I think some of it was, oh, we finally got some bad news. Uh, this is more. This is much more interesting than constantly reporting on how great the vaccine rollout is. You know, this is conflict. This is news. This is, right. uh, you know, Trump's going to put out a, a an incoherent statement. But again, I think it would have been such a simple fix to put the number six cases in the headlines, put the context right in there, instead of creating kind of a panic that wasn't necessary. I think. Well, well and, and it was alarming in in the sense. In, in, in my experience, in my own formal poll, many of the people who have apprehensiveness or apprehension about the vaccine are women. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't know if that's any particular, for any particular reason, but you know, I accept that most of the women I know personally in my peer group and younger have serious apprehension about the vaccine. Interesting. Yeah. And so when that just goes out like that, yeah, that's, that's, you know, really irresponsible. But you're right on the conflict because I'm learning more and more, especially on social media. Conflict is what sells. The algorithms push up conflict and controversy. That gets the more the more likes, retweets, and whatnot. And and obviously the mainstream media has picked up on that. So yeah. you got to have something negative. That's what's interesting. It, it is not exciting for everything just to be steady as she goes. It has right. to. Be and, and 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 specifically when you're talking about the vaccine, again, there hadn't really been right. any bad news under the Biden administration in terms of the rollout. Uh, and 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 for and again, for people who are hesitant or have concerns, you see that headline, you know, the one without the context, and of course it's going to be an aha moment. I knew it, you know, I knew it, I knew it. That you know that confirms my suspicion. right. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so that, that's dangerous. That's unfortunate. Uh, lastly, um, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, speaking of conflict, made a living off of it, made a fortune off of it, built a radio empire, an yep. evil empire, yep. um, an industry off of it. In your latest, you argue that we may never see that again. Yeah, the headline is why there'll never be another Rush Limbaugh, thank God. Uh, yeah. So there's been lots of chatter about, you know, who's going to replace Limbaugh. And, you know, he had the noon to three slot to himself for about three decades you know obviously am radio conservative or talk radio is 90 95 percent conservative so there's lots of players but most of them stayed out of the way from noon to three because as you say it was you know such an empire i mean it, his ratings were sagging towards the end and he wasn't on as many stations so the question is well who's going to replace him and my my argument is there's never going to be a replacement and that that's a good thing 
you know, premier networks, which syndicates his show, is actually just re running reruns. They're not even going to hire anyone, which yeah. I think tells you how thin they think the field is. But if you're running a talk radio station in St. Louis or Sacramento, you know, having reruns of Rush Limbaugh in the middle of your afternoon is probably not the most interesting programming. But uh, the, the, the people who are kind of stepping up, I think, are clearly never going to maintain that mantle. Talk radio on the AM side, particularly conservative talk radio, has lots of problems. It skews so old. You know, they're losing out to podcasts. They're losing out to social media and things like that. So the, the good news is the kind of the, you know, the wicked witch is dead and, and we're never going to see that again. And I point out one of the problems was the mainstream media, you know, just glorified Limbaugh for, for so many years. You know, they treated him as this very serious and influential person. The good news is I don't think, you know, uh, I don't think a Ben Shapiro or another kind of right wing ideologue today is ever going to get that kind of glowing mainstream media coverage. Uh, so that's also a good thing. Well, and not only that, practically speaking, Rush was the first to really do what he did yep. the way he did it. Yep. I don't know. Because you're right, podcasting is chugging over. I don't think people are interested in hearing someone talk to themselves solely for three <laughs> hours anymore. You yeah, know? no, he, he was there first. He had a, he had a knack for it, and also we can't we can never forget. I mean, he arrived, uh, you know, almost the exact same time Reagan's Federal Communication Commission got rid of the the, uh, right. the fairness doctrine. Right. You know, right. before that, you had to have quote unquote balanced programming. That gave a green light to bat for Limbaugh to bash Democrats every day for three hours, which he did for three decades. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I, you know, the media landscape has just changed. So again, I keep seeing these articles about who's going to take over and who's launching these new shows. Uh, no one's going to take over. Uh, and 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 as as someone who was at Media Matters for ten years and, and monitored Limbaugh for so long, uh, I think. I, I just say, thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, really. That right. long national nightmare is over. Yeah, no, thank goodness. I'm glad it is over. Uh, 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 and and speaking of of pedophilia allegations, we don't know if any of that's substantiated with Rush. Um, but but you're right. And for a time, he was declining. You know, Fox News kind of took his spot as a new right. people watch something. So, yeah, you're right. And And thank goodness it's gone. Folks, we want you to read PressRun.media. Please subscribe. Keep up with everything. You will be a lot smarter uh, because of it. I promise you. Uh, satisfaction guarantee. Eric Bullitt, always good to have our brother on. Thank you, man. All right. Have a great weekend. All right. You do the same. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.